It's all about self-love. So I used to hate myself. So I would punish myself and sabotage myself thinking that that's what I needed to do to get ahead. I don't do that anymore. You are now listening to the Why Is It Like That podcast, a mental health podcast where we discuss the crippling effects and stories of PTSD, anxiety, depression, and suicide. The views and opinions of our guests are not our own, but merely their side of the story related to trauma, addiction, and mental health. We are real, raw, and uncut. The stories you hear are not easy to hear. Listener discretion is advised. I'm your host, Trey Trevino, alongside your other host, Heath Garcia. We both suffer from PTSD, anxiety, and depression, just like you. Together, we have over 30 years experience in the United States Navy and have seen firsthand effects of mental health on our society and ask the question, why is it like that? We share your stories to provide freedom and comfort to the people of this world, that there is hope, that there is peace, and that we will all be okay. But first, I'd like to start by taking a moment of silence for the ones we've lost to this mind battle, to our military that we have lost, and to the soldiers, sailors, marines, coasties, and airmen that are deployed in harm's way, away from their families, missing their child being born, birthdays, anniversaries, and even deaths of loved ones. Not what y'all been waiting for, the Why Is It Like That podcast. Let's get it! What is going on, guys? It's uh, Trey Trevino and Heath Garcia with the Why Is It Like That podcast, also known as the Wilt podcast. Today, we got a special guest. His name is Greg Gillies, coming out of Australia. He has a good take on uh, on mental health and how he helps people. Um, this is, I believe, episode number nine. So we're getting up there real close. We just want to say thank you to everybody for the donations that y'all given, to the support, the time, <clears throat> the streams, the outpouring, everything. It's it's amazing. But I'm going to let uh, Heath Garcia right here, my boy Heath, uh, go ahead and take it away and introduce uh, Greg. Hey everybody, how you doing? It's a it's a pleasure to have you guys listening in again. Uh, another great podcast for you. Uh, so I'm here with Mr. Uh, Greg Gillies, who's on the other line uh, through Skype. Uh, he's a husband, father of three, entrepreneurial businessman. He's a life coach, consultant, and constantly learning uh, to evolve to be the greatest man that he can be. Passionate about helping other men, of course. Uh, released. Uh, negative energies and emotions from past experiences. Uh, he is going to be talking today about his story, a little bit about what he offers, and some some motivational uh, talk on how you can change your life around just like he did. Um, another bit, a few things about him. Uh, you know what? I'm going to save that. <laughs> I'm going to save that for Greg because I want Greg. I want Greg to be able to to touch on that. So, all right, Greg, uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah. Where, what part of Australia are you coming from? Uh, Queensland, Brisbane. Um, sunny, sunny Queensland. Yeah. Yeah. I've been down to Queensland. It's really pretty over there. That's for sure. Yeah, Great beer, so. too. And I'm not talking about Fosters. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Greg, let us, uh, let us hear your story. Yeah, cool. Okay, so I grew. I'm actually from New Zealand, so I grew up country New Zealand. Um, good upbringing, good morals, pretty standard family. Um, but 
my parents my parents went into a business which literally consumed them it had massive stress on their marriage um and as a kid growing up through that my dad wasn't really around he was always working um there was a lot of pressure and stress and and I started getting into a lot of conflict with my dad at a young age we were we were both very similar and we would butt heads quite a bit and this led to my parents making decision that it might be best for me to go off to boarding school for a number of reasons, including I was really good at rugby. So I went off to boarding school and I didn't realize at the time that going off to boarding school and, and not living with my family anymore, I actually created these belief systems and these programs in my mind that I was getting kicked out of the family, that I wasn't wanted anymore. And I was quite, I felt quite alone and isolated. But I put on a brave face, being a being a country lad and a rugby player. You just kind of harden up and put on a brave face. And what uh, what this did is it is it actually um, it actually turned me into a really really high achiever. So I, I didn't realize I didn't realize the programming and the beliefs that I had in my unconscious mind because I was just looking at all the good stuff. So I I made New Zealand age grade rugby, which is like every every New Zealand boy wants to play. Um, rugby, especially for the All Blacks, that's like the icon of the country. Right. Um, and I did really well um, in leadership roles. I was captain of the first 15. I was school prefect. I was head of the boarding hostel that I lived in. And then I went out into the corporate world. And like most people's stories, a lot of highs, a lot of lows. It was a real roller coaster of a life. Um, but the highs, the highs ended up being higher than the lows because I was just constantly moving up in corporate. I was an insurance broker for 12 years, uh, moved to Australia and the GF's global financial crisis hit. And that was, that was when I pivoted out of insurance and got into digital media and started doing something that I really like. Anyway, fast forward to 39 years of age, three years ago, um, I just relocated my family back from a two-year contract in Singapore. So I was stationed over there for a U.S. Um, marketing software company to set up Southeast Asia. So from the outside looking in, Greg Gilley's life was amazing, right? I was doing international travel. I was in leadership roles. I was making really good money. I uh -huh. had investments. I was married. I had all the kids. Um, and then when I came back to Australia, it was my time to get out of corporate and start my own business and for years I would never like most men I would never deal with negative right I just push it down brush it under the carpet don't deal with your emotions don't deal with your feelings just soldier on and wear these masks or facades that everything's okay so from the outside looking in Greg Gillies looked like he had an amazing life everything was okay um, but on the inside I was, I was really hurting um, I had a lot of negative self-talk going on in my head. I had a lot of self-doubt, low self-worth, and I was sabotaging myself a lot with alcohol. Um, I started drinking really heavily. I'd already always been a big drinker because just the culture of, of where I grew up and, and so forth. But when I started my own business, everything started bubbling to the surface because I was kind of a sole entrepreneur at this stage and I didn't have the cushy job and the salary and everything that comes with um, working in the corporate arena where you can kind of just avoid all of that. And it just came rushing in and I started drinking heavier. My business was going really good, but I didn't know 
I felt like there was something wrong with me and I didn't want to talk to anybody about it because I'd just spent the better part of my life creating what I wanted to be perceived as successful, right? So like on Facebook, Greg Gillies has got a successful life. But on I the think inside, everybody, hey Greg, I think everybody has a successful life on Facebook. <laughs> 100%. And that's why I use that analogy is because so many people are caught up in social media and comparing themselves and judging themselves against fabricated stories, right? Absolutely. Which which is which is I believe one huge area that is causing a lot of mental health issues nowadays is just the exposure to stuff that we now like the information and the noise and the pressure that's coming at us now because we are global we're social we're digital everybody's got a voice everybody is if you've got a smartphone you're literally your own publishing house right so yeah. for people for people who are not feeling good on the inside and uh got mental health issues or stress or overwhelm or anxiety or depression, if they go to those sort of means, if they go to, like I did, I went to alcohol and I was on social media all the time, it just made me worse and it just made me spiral out of control. And then the chatter and the talk in my head was just going crazy. And I was just like, what is wrong with me? I felt like I was losing my mind. So I had this business that I was growing and I was out of corporate. I had a family to support. I had to grow this business. I had all the pressures of business, family. I wanted to be a good husband and a father. I felt like I was being a lousy father and I kind of wasn't being present for my kids. And all of these things just start to pile up and they just get on top of us. And what do we do as men? We just harden up. We wear the mask and the facade. We make out that everything's okay. And we just let it keep on bubbling on the inside. Now, mine bubbled to a point where I was drinking really heavily because that was my only way to numb the pain. I was starting to have anxiety and panic attacks and it was getting the better of me. And then one, one night, I think it was a Tuesday night, random night, I actually woke up in the fetal position beside my bed in my bedroom having an absolute major panic attack. And that night I had pretty much drunk myself to a blackout again. I can't even remember going to bed. And I woke up and I was, I just felt like I was outside of my body. I didn't feel like I was myself. I didn't feel like I had control of any aspect of my life. And I was starting to have suicidal thoughts. And I was thinking to myself, my wife and my kids will be better off without me. And this really, this broke me. This was the breaking point because to, to get to a point where I did not want to be here anymore, that kind of made me wake up. It made me have to really put my hand up and admit that I was struggling. Now, my wife knew I was struggling because she could see it, but nobody else did, right? Right. And the next morning, I, I, I was just bawling my eyes out. And I just said to my wife, Tracy, I just said, I need help. I surrender. Um, there's something wrong with me. I don't know what's going on. I feel totally out of control. I feel like I'm just, I, feel, I felt like I was possessed. I honestly felt like something else was just driving me and I couldn't control it and I couldn't get out of the spiral that I was in and my head was about to explode and the the panic attacks was just debilitating. And and she just said, okay, well, if you're ready, and because she's wanted me to kind of knock off the drinking and all that sort of stuff. So I thought at that time that if I just stopped drinking, everything would be all right. I kind of blamed it on the alcohol. So I went off and started doing AA to, to, to knock the alcohol on the head. 
I also started doing a lot of kinesiology and a lot of energy healing work to get my body out of deep survival stress because when our minds are in constant stress, it screws with our autonomic nervous system and it puts us into deep survival stress. So our body is in massive stress as well. So you need to actually work on the mind and the body. And that's what I started doing. And then I went into a life coaching program. And at the time when I thought, if I could just knock off the alcohol, everything would be all right. Once I actually knocked off the alcohol and realized that there was so much more work to do, that's when I knew that it wasn't the alcohol. It was all the deep suppressed lifetime of um, suppressed emotions and beliefs and programming and all of that stuff that I had just ignored and I used the alcohol to keep it down. So when I'd come home or at night when I was just had enough and I was stressed and anxious, I was using alcohol to suppress it. So it was, it was, that was like one of the turning points as well that I was sober for three months and I knew that it had nothing to do with the alcohol. I knew that it was so much deeper and I had to go inside myself and I had to go on this massive self-healing and self-discovery journey, which has ultimately been the hardest thing that I've ever had to do in my life because I had to face my own demons. But it is also the best thing that I've ever done in my life because now that I've faced my demons and released them, I am a completely different man to the point where I now know there was nothing wrong with me that a lot of men feel the same way. And I have now pivoted my whole business and my career towards helping other men who feel the same as I did get okay. out of that crap they're in. Okay. Uh, I, just let me recap real quick. I, I just want to recap a few things. So uh, if there's anybody just tuning in or uh, if, if for some reason, you know what I mean? There, there, it's something is not clear about Greg's story. Greg, had a great upbringing and yeah, he had the traditional, I call them traditional family problems. Um, Dad's yeah. Dad's always working because Hey, got bills to pay, you know, Um, mom's doing the same thing. Okay. In her, in her own sense, Uh, son and dad to me, again, traditional problems, Hey, bumping heads because that's what sons and fathers do. I bump heads with mine still to this day. Um, You know what I mean? And, And that's, that's, that's that. And then you go off to boarding school, you go through boarding school, still on the uptick. I mean, you're, you're going through, yeah, you went through hard times, but you're, you're, you're becoming successful. You're the top rugby player, right? One of the top rugby players, your, your school's going great. You're, you're head of the dorm, right? That you're living in. You're like, it's pretty much like you're, you're flourishing. Then you go into business and your business life is going great, but the other side of Greg Gillies is Greg Gillies is wearing a mask like all of us are wearing masks every day. We mask the pain that we're really in because we have things that are going on internally, but we are pushing through them because that's what men do. We push through them. We don't let it show. And then we just keep masking and masking and masking and the pain continues to build and build and build and build. So we got this pressure cooker going on with Greg Gillies and all of a sudden Greg has to, to release somehow. And of course we all go to a coping mechanism and what's Greg's coping mechanism. It was alcohol and social media. So we're going through times. And of course, social media, like you said, Greg is the worst coping tool ever because just like in the, in the sixties and and fifties, when magazines were just starting to be a hit, um, 
you look at all the illustrations in them, you look at all the little tabloids and commercials and it's all geared just like social media is nowadays towards success and towards being perfect. And we all can't live up to being perfect. So then Greg's going through panic attacks, alcohol, wakes up one morning, he's had enough. And the one person he turns over to is his wife and he says, hey, I need help. And luckily you have a, a wonderful wife, Greg. I, I, I'm not probably even making assumptions. She really is. Um, she's by your side there helping you through it. She says, yeah, let's do it, babe. Right. And you go through AA, you stop drinking, you become a life coach, but still something inside you is not right. And you feel possessed was the word that you used. A lousy father, lousy, a lousy husband. Right. And you still, things were still festering inside you. So we get to that point and I'll let you pick it up there, Greg. Yeah. So that, that pretty much sums it up. Um, and when I, when I was at my worst point, and to be honest, it's hard for me to recollect that now because I've changed so much. So I have to, I have to be conscious of taking myself back there to just remember how bad it got to. Right. Yeah. When I say, when I say possessed, um, you can call it possession, call it whatever. I just felt like I had zero control of any area of my life and that everything was on the verge of coming crumbling down, which scared the hell out of me because I just spent 25 years of my career and life busting my tail to become successful in the eyes of society. Mm -hmm. And then when Greg Gillies becomes worse on the inside, so exterior, more money, more more everything, more, more travel, amazing life. Everything that I thought was going to make me happy made me seriously miserable and unhappy because I totally ignored inside Greg Gillies. So what I learned when I was 39, 40 was when I started to dive deep into my unconscious mind's programming and identify through the life coaching program that I did and I now use, started to identify all of these unconscious belief systems that we don't know are there that are controlling our thoughts and are controlling our brain. And when I realized this and I went and did some clearing work, that's when I identified that the beliefs that I picked up when I went to boarding school were not serving me, but I didn't see it because I was becoming really, really successful. So it's real. It's a real kind of, it's a hard one to grasp, right? It's just like, how can... The point of my life when I was actually just striving and becoming more successful and more successful actually be from a, I guess, a negative unconscious programming. And it was because I was doing everything for other people's approval of me. I was trying to get recognition and I was trying to be perceived and I want to be successful in the eyes of others so that I could feel proud of myself, but I was never doing it for myself. So as the years went on, and I tried business and jobs and hired and fired and wasted money and invested in this and it was a stupid decision and just all the stupid, crazy things in the roller coaster ride over the next 25 years, I thought was just normal. But that was me self-sabotaging myself because I didn't believe unconsciously that I was worthy of success. I didn't believe that I was good enough. But on the outside, I was this extrovert, confident, successful person. But on the inside, I was just a bloody broken mess. And that compounding effect just got me to the point where at the age of 39, I just lost it and I just had a massive breakdown. And this is why it's so confusing for men 
is because their conscious mind and their ego is striving for success and driving forward and trying to focus on the positive, but we're ignoring our unconscious mind or our intuition. And then the more and more external things that we reach for, whether it's social media or alcohol or drugs or porn or whatever, to try and make us happy is making us more disconnected from who we are on the inside. And the more disconnected we get, the worse the mental health, the physical health, and the spiritual health get. Most people aren't aware of this. So I had a massive wake-up call. And the shame is most people have to get to breaking point before they have a wake-up call. And that's exactly what I did. And um, I understand that. Did you actually did you actually try to take your life? No, I didn't. I was just having the thoughts of it. I was just I was just so ashamed of myself mm-hmm. and totally out of control that I was just thinking, I don't I don't want to be here. I'm a complete failure. I don't want my children to grow up to be like me. Um, my wife had told me many a times that I needed to sort my shit out or she was going to leave. And I'm lucky that she's an amazing woman and she stuck by me because she saw the good in me. Um, but yeah, when I finally surrendered and put my hand up, yeah, hundred percent, she was there for me because oh, yeah. she, had seen, she had seen it for years. She had seen it build and build and build. Um, and I was ignoring it. So yeah, I'm lucky that she stood by my side. And I just, I want to, I want to key in on, on that point that you just brought up that even though you're successful and, and even though you have everything going for you, I mean, you talked about having, you know, I, I don't know how wealthy or rich off or what or well off you are, but I know that you were probably comfortable, right? Yeah. Um, so you were comfortable living. I mean, you know, you, you had all your stuff together, so to speak on the outside bills paid, had a great career. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. In shape, most probably, you know what I mean? You, you eating right, all that stuff, but still those thoughts actually still crept in. Yeah. hundred percent. I was, I sabotaged myself a lot. So it was kind of like a lot of businessmen or entrepreneurs or um, high achievers. We're all or nothing, right? So we, we will drink like it's the last drink we've ever had. We'll go to the gym and we'll try and make up for two weeks of not going to the gym and we'll rip all of our muscles and hurt ourselves. I was that guy. I was just like, everything I did, I just pushed to the limit. And that was all self-sabotage. That was all internal self-sabotage, like self-sabotage inside my head, self-sabotage with alcohol and food, and then feeling guilty and ashamed of myself. So going and trying to knock that off and training. And it was just, it was just a roller coaster. And it's, and it puts so much stress and pressure on your mind and your body. Um, yeah. So, so Greg, um, now you're still successful, but, I think your life calling came after that breaking point. So can you talk about from your lowest point when, when you started to come back up and on the better track this time with the way you wanted to come back up? You know what I mean? Yes. hundred percent. So one of we talk, you've mentioned successful quite a number of times. That was my benchmark. Everything that I did was to become successful financially, materialistically, to have all of the nice things because I thought that was going to bring me happiness. Mm-hmm. And when I looked at another man and he had more than me or he was more wealthy, I thought that his life was better than mine. I wanted to be like him and all that sort of stuff. 
But what I realized when I cleared away all of, when I started on this process, so it's been three years in the trenches, um, did AA to get rid of the alcohol, kinesiology and energy healing to get my body functioning properly and get out of that deep survival and just getting all of, all of my systems working properly. And then I went into a 12-month life coaching program that deals with unconscious beliefs and programming and all that sort of stuff. And I literally reprogrammed my unconscious mind so that it wasn't in conflict with my conscious mind. So think of our brain as it's got two brains. We've got an unconscious mind, which is everything. It's the stored beliefs and memories of everything that's ever happened to us. Mm -hmm. And then we've got the conscious mind, which is only 4% capacity that runs our life, our decisions and stuff. Now, most people live in their conscious mind. They are over energy in their conscious mind, but their unconscious mind is driving them. So their mind is in constant conflict. So their brain is just literally fighting with itself. It's like there's two people in there, one negative, one positive, just having a punch up all day long. You want to achieve this, and then the little voice comes and says you're not good enough, or the fear comes in, or the scarcity comes in. So when I went through my healing journey and self-discovery, and I released the negative out of my unconscious mind, I just had this mental clarity. It was like, it was like the weight of the world had been lifted off my shoulders. And my body was start, starting to operate better. So my mind and body were working better. And that's when it was like, it's like I had this epiphany and, and this calling came to me. And it's just like, Greg, there is nothing wrong with you. Most men feel the same way. You just couldn't see it because you were so broken and you're stuck in your own self-pity that you thought it was just you. And now that I live from love and compassion and I'm not stuck in fear and scarcity in my head, and I'm there to serve other people, and I have a higher purpose. Some of the richest people I know have got the same issues. But society and the society literally tells us that if somebody's successful, then they've got their life sorted out because we're just looking at the materialistic, and that's how I lived my whole life. But now some of my clients are highly, highly successful businessmen, but they've been over-energy in their business, they've made a lot of money, but they're broken on the inside. Their relationships have turned to crap. They self-sabotage. They might do drugs or alcohol and all that sort of stuff. So when I realized that, I was like, holy moly, this is actually an epidemic globally. Men's mental health is a global epidemic. And I have to help these guys because I've woken up. I've had, I've, I've transformed. And I know that anybody else can do it with the right support. Okay. Awesome, Greg. And then, so let me ask you, so when you get back on that, on that top of the top point of the, of the coaster and say you're, you're firing on all cylinders, you know what I mean? Your mental health is, is, is better. Can't, you know, I don't always call it fixed, but I call it better. It's manageable. You're maintaining, um, everything seems to be going right. How yeah. do you continue to be able to control yourself now versus before? You know what I mean? To where you don't fall back into that slump. So I'll use, I'll use, I'll use a race car as an analogy, right? So let's, let's say, let's say your body's a race car and for years and years and years, you've just driven it around the racetrack. You've flogged it. You've pushed it red line, but you've never had it serviced. You've never up, you've never gone and reconned the engine. You've never serviced the car. You've just ignored, you've, you've ignored all the running gear of the car and you just keep on pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. We're like that. So because I've serviced and I've reconditioned and I've changed my neural pathways and I've healed my body 
and I've gotten out of deep survival stress. Now I'm just naturally calm and I don't have anxiety and I don't have panic attacks and I don't have all of that stress. So now that I'm calm, I find it really easy to look after myself and slow down. So I can now, in the past, I could never meditate because I could never get out of my head. Now I can meditate. And instead of going to the gym and absolutely smashing myself, because I used to do CrossFit as well, and I was always injuring myself. I don't do that sort of training anymore. I go for morning walks. I get out into nature. I leave my phone at home. I meditate. I, I journal my thoughts to get out of my head. I, I, I have breaks every 90 minutes in my business day. I eat cleaner. I do exercise that is self-loving instead of self-punishing. I just start, it's all about self-love. So I used to hate myself. So I would punish myself and sabotage myself thinking that that's what I needed to do to get ahead. I don't do that anymore. So it's just a natural progression. When you start to heal and you start to clear away the stress, the anxiety, the self-sabotage, the self-doubt, and you start to release all of that, you're going to start doing things that are more self-loving and you're just going to enjoy your life. You're going to be present. So I used to always worry about the past or focused on the future. I can be present more now. I can sit with myself. I can calm my mind. I can just really look after myself. And that's, that's, that, that's the maintenance. So you're dead right. I still have crazy thoughts, but I know how to deal with them and stop them in the tracks before they turn into a, a fabricated story that creates anxiety. I just know that it's rubbish. I know myself so well now because of the work that I've done that I'm just I'm just calmer. I'm just I'm just at peace with myself. Hey Greg, you know, for for those that are suffering right now, um if you could give them one sentence of something to do, you know what I mean to to like a mantra if you will, to try to change something around and have them start working towards those those things that you're talking about right now self peace and and self love and 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 all that stuff what would you tell them they have to get professional help to figure out what's going on in their head they need to understand how the human brain works and how the unconscious programming is controlling our mind and when your unconscious mind is full of negative programming trauma emotions past negative programming bad upbringing, poor events, bad, bad relationships, divorce, all of those things that happen to us. If you've got negative belief systems or you've got trauma or emotion stuck in your unconscious mind from all the series of events that are happening throughout your life, you're not going to be able to change your mental state because it's literally in conflict with who you want to be. So you need to get professional help, therapy, or whatever is the right thing for you to deal with the unconscious mind's programming. Because when you can start to release and let go of that in your unconscious mind, and you can release the, tr the, the conflict in your brain, then you can start to have more mental clarity. You can start to become calmer, and you can start to do positive things for yourself naturally instead of just living through willpower. Because willpower always runs out, right? We get up in the morning, we just go, right, today's the day. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to drink at the end of the day. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to do blah, 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 blah. And then the first thing that comes up and challenges us triggers all of those negative belief systems in our mind and we spiral out of control and then it turns into another shit. 
Oh yeah. So without the, a doubt. I, I did a, I did an exercise and it was, um, so don't judge the name. Okay. But it's called psychotherapy. Right. And I'm not psycho yeah. by any means, but, <laughs> um, so we did this exercise and, uh, it was, his name is Cam. He's, he's a, uh, one of the psychologists over at the uh, Strong Hope uh, Inpatient Theragram in, in Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, Salt Lake Behavior Health. And um, he is a real quiet guy, but he has a very methodical approach. And it's it's sort of what you're talking about. It's the same kind of construct. But we had an exercise where we sat down, we looked at it, or there was two chairs. He put two chairs facing each other. And then he had ourselves, right, which is like, say me, I want you to sit here in this chair. And I do. And he's like, all right, now you're the, you know, you're who you are now because this is like week five going through my treatment. Yeah. And, you know, this is like, I, I got like maybe a few, three or four days left and I'm, I'm headed back home to my family, you know? And, um, he's like, okay, so this, this is you, this is, you know, how far you've come. So think about all the success you've had in the program and, you know, all the EMDR treatment you've had and all this stuff. And then he's like, okay, now he picked out somebody else in the room. And mind you, all of our guys that are in that program, we go through everything together. So we know everything about each other, all our traumas, all our triggers, all our uh, coping mechanisms, all that. Yep. So he picks somebody out, they sit in front of me and he says, okay, I want you to start talking good about yourself. And I start doing that. I'm like, yeah, I'm a good person. Uh, you know, and I was shot trying to, to save one of my friends, um, uh, from committing suicide, which I did, but I was shot in the process and that's a whole different story. But, um, you know, and I was like, yeah, it's not my fault that my friend Nick died and this and that. And then all of a sudden he said, okay, now you go ahead and kick in what he's talking about, but you're going to be totally negative. <laughs> and he said, don't hold back. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, you're a good guy. And the other guy's looking at me like, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and I'm looking at, him, I'm like, wait a minute. And you would imagine just that moment alone showed me the power of what you're talking about, the brain and, and, and how negative self-talk can really just stop you dead in your tracks. And you're like, wait a minute, you question everything just by one statement. And all it was, was simulating what we do every day in the mirror. Exactly. Um, and, and I totally get it, man. Great point. Thank you. I so negative self-talk mm -hmm. is the single worst self-sabotage that the human race does to themselves. And that negative self-talk is based on their unconscious programming and it's now heightened and through the roof because we are all exposed social media um, to the world that the comparison and judgment comes in. So we, we, like, if you get up in the morning and the first thing you do is go to your phone and look at social media and somebody's done something great, typically we will compare ourselves to that and our unconscious mind's just like, yeah, you're not as good as them. You're not worthy. You're not this. So if we literally wrote down every single thing that we said to ourselves on a daily basis, we would see that 95% of it's negative. And then if we wrote that down and we asked ourselves one question, would I say... The things that I say to myself, to a child, 1 million percent no. So why do I say it to myself? So then you need to go to the level deeper and identify why this is happening. And humans are very, very disconnected from themselves. We are literally living in a matrix where I call it societal hypnosis. Everything in society 
is making us believe that we have to be something other than ourselves. And when we're disconnected from ourselves, we get really, really confused. We talk negatively about ourselves. We compare, we judge. When you get the right help and you clear away, what you do is like what happened for me is I, I went into like a hibernation phase where it's just like, I just don't want to be exposed to anything else because I just need to deal with my own shit. And then once I've dealt with my own shit and I come back out to the world, it's going to it started bouncing off me. And I didn't get triggered by whatever else was going on. And I started being nicer to myself. So it's definitely a process. And the stuff that Tracy and I do, because there's actually there's two of us in our program, it's not just about the mind. We are energetic beings. So energy is a massive area that I've educated myself and my clients on. So we, we are multidimensional energetic beings. So if you want to transform your whole life, it's not just your mind. You need to transform your mind, your body, and your soul or your spirit. And you don't have to be spiritual or religious or whatever, but you just need to understand that there are, we have energetic forces that are greater than ourselves. So that is how we can be influenced by other people. Somebody could come into your space, not even look at you or say a word, but they've got a real low energy frequency about them, like they're really angry or negative, and we can feel that, right? Yeah. So because everything's energy, we need to be conscious of what we see, what we hear, what we say, and what we feel. And it's what we feel that is actually the biggest one. And we feel energy. You can walk into a room and it could be a really awesome feeling or a really scary feeling. And nobody's even said a word. That is Absolutely. because we are picking up the energy of the room or the energy of the person. So what I do now is I just work on maintaining my mind, my body, my energy, and my spiritual self that when I'm around somebody else who's really down, I don't take on their energy. I don't allow them to project their pain onto me and me lower myself to match them. I hold my energy vibration high and I bring them up instead of them bringing me down. Whereas in the past, I was bringing people down and I was getting brought down every time I was around negative people and then like attracts like. So I would just try and find mates who just wanted to get drunk with me. Now, now I don't want those mates because <laughs> yeah. I don't drink yeah. anymore. So there's so much to it, right? But I know that most people are just at a point of just give me one thing to work on. And the one thing you need to work on is understanding how the brain works and getting the right help to get your brain in order. Because at, at the end of the day, your brain's in conflict and it's fighting with itself. And when your brain's in conflict, it starts, it triggers the central nervous system. And that affects our autonomic nervous system. And it puts us into fight or flight, which is sympathetic nervous system. And most people are living in sympathetic nervous system. So they're always in stress. They're in deep survival stress. And their body is never, their body is never rested and can heal. So it's not in the parasympathetic nervous system. So understanding exactly how our brain and our bodies work is a massive step forward to understanding how to get the right help. Because that's when you can go, okay, there's nothing wrong with me. This is neurological. It's biological. There's reasons why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. And now I just need to get the right help to fix it. Do you think, do you think society keeps us in that hundred percent fight or flight or, you know, perspective to where we always feel we, we allow, we allow society to keep us suppressed. 
So we suppress ourselves, but we allow everything to suppress us. The media is always negative and it's fear and scarcity based. That's suppression. Politics, more suppression. The financial industry, more suppression. Everything is controlling us, right? right? And we need to be able to live in the matrix, but not be controlled by the matrix. Does that make sense? It's kind yeah. of like we can't change industry, but we can change how we get affected or what we believe or how we actually just care about ourselves. Like, for an example, we've got these businessmen who work their absolute hiney off crazy hours to build this business to be successful because their ultimate goal is they want to give their wife and their children the ultimate life. And then 10 years in, their wife and children have left them because they weren't there for them. And then they're confused going, but hang on, I was doing this for you. Why are you so ungrateful? And they're just like, because I just wanted you and I wanted the love. Why was he building that business? Because society said, for you to be a successful man, you need to create wealth. And then he lost everything that was true to him, which was his wife and his children and his identity and his health has suffered. And then he gets to a point where it's the old analogy you use all of your health to create wealth and then you wake up and have to use all of your wealth to try and get your health back. So I know I talk about businessmen a lot and that's only because that's typically my target market because that's who I am. Mm-hmm. But everybody's caught up in this societal hypnosis and this matrix and trying to, trying to chase and have and achieve things that the outside world believes uh, is, is saying is the truth or success or will make you happy. And then you get it and you're not happy. So I guess what you're saying is, and you know, like Jay-Z said, right? More money, more problems. And you're telling me that, you know, just because you got more money, you're more successful means you got more problems. (laughs) Yeah. If you're not taking care of yourself. Now, does, do you think that it is harder on the average working class citizen Versus maybe a more wealthy one when it comes to um, these types of issues mentally, because I mean, and I'm speaking for the, for the low man on the totem pole, you know what I mean? Um, I know that it's almost as if you work twice as hard just to try to be able not to, not to afford and have all the great things you want, but just to keep food on the table and a, and a roof over your head. And, and yet they're still suffering these same types of issues with, you know, the family not getting enough time, hardship on the wife. And then the mental drama with that is even more plaguing because it's like, man, I'm doing everything I can to survive and make my family have, you know, this roof over the head. And it's, it's like a double-edged sword, if you will, if you want to talk like, you know what I mean? About that kind of stuff. And social media um, and news and, and TV these days and, and, Everything entertainment-wise, when you look at it, when you see a family on TV, it almost looks like the Andy Griffith show. Everybody's smiling and happy and everything. So I get, I guess the long point of what I'm trying to say here is that we do program ourselves. And I think we program ourselves to try to be what we're not, which is the picture-perfect image. 100%. And that is why it's so important to monitor the information you take in. So- we, we, don't, we don't have TV in our house. We've only got Netflix. We only watch movies. We do not watch the news. I do not read the newspaper. If something really important or something, something that we need to protect ourselves and be safe, it'll pop up on one of my social feeds because I, I use social media to run my business. 
the books that I read, the podcasts that I listen to, the people that I associate with, um, the the conversations that I have with my wife, they are completely different. I I I do not allow I do not allow the negative media and all of the hype control me anymore. I just don't allow it to come in. I don't allow that information to come in. Because we've got anywhere between two million and three million bits of information coming into our brain, coming into all of our senses at any one second, from sight, smell, hear, taste, touch, all of that sort of stuff. But our unconscious brain can only digest 134 out of those two to three million. So you need to be damn careful of what you're actually looking at, reading, listening to, associating with, because all of that is just reinforcing your unconscious. So if you're constantly bringing in positive and you're looking at holistic ways to improve your life and you're looking at meditation and you're reading positive books and listening to good podcasts and all that sort of stuff, you can slowly start to reprogram your mind. But if you continue to look for the negative crap, it's just reinforcing the negative programming in your mind. So that's another area to be really, really careful of. Now to answer your question about um, do you think it hits people harder financially? Here's what I've seen. People who are doing it tough, that are working um, paycheck to paycheck, yes, they've got their own financial stress. And yes, they, they've got their own things going on and they've got their own belief systems and stuff. But the guys that have created a lot of wealth, they have created the comfort zone that they do what I used to do and just ignore it. They will just continue to ignore it because they've got money to ignore it. So it's surprising how many wealthy people are actually really suffering mentally, but you'd never see it is because they don't have the financial pressures like the working class man. So we're all humans. We all have our own belief systems. We all have our own minds programming. Um, if you've got lack of money, it'll cause you stress. But I've also seen people who have got a lot of money they don't expose their underlying dramas, issues, and trauma because they've got comfort zones. So it keeps on bubbling away. And other guys that usually hit breaking point like I do. Oh, that's a great, that's a great point. I mean, and, and that's good coming from you because you are a entrepreneur businessman and, and, and you know that demographic better than uh, most of us do when it comes to that, you know, uh, that type of uh, financial responsibility and uh, company ownership. Um, so, the other, thing with, the, other, the other thing with men in particular, well, women are the same, right? Because women have become so much more masculine nowadays just because of the way the world's evolved. But what happens is they, they fear. There is nothing more fearful than vulnerability because we grow up to be these tough, just to harden up, toughen up, have a beer, don't complain, get on with it, focus on the positive that we create the success and that we feel to ourselves, if I actually opened up and I was honest about the way I felt, that would be like me showing weakness and vulnerability and I could lose everything that I've created because my, my driven egoic mind has protected any vulnerable side of things because I had to be highly competitive and driven to create what I've got. So the idea of saying that this, I've got problems or mental health or vulnerability is like the scariest thing in the world because it's like, if I show that, what if my staff just don't look up to me anymore and they start leaving my business? Or what if my clients think that I'm having a breakdown and they leave my business? So 
This is why I work with businessmen and entrepreneurs is because they bury it deeper than most because they are so scared of being vulnerable for losing everything that they have created. And that is a damn dangerous place to be because what you're doing is being a leader and modeling this behavior to so many other people. So I want to help other men deal with their shit, realize that vulnerability is the greatest strength you can ever have and have the conversation around mental health, just like you would. Like, it's not hard for me to say I'm overweight. I need to go to the gym. I need to get fit. So why can people not go? My mind is an absolute dilemma. I'm stressed. I need to work on my mental health. Why do people easily talk about physical health, but they hide from mental health? It's the stigma. It is the taboo. And we need to be able to enable, enable everybody, not just men, to talk about their mental health issues just like they would saying, I'm unfit, I need to go to the gym. This Absolutely. is what needs to change. Absolutely. Hey, um, so we're, we're, we're trying to get the, the most out of everything here, and I want to kind of capitalize on, yeah, sure. on your on your website and your resources here. So where can uh, our listeners learn more about uh, your way of success and uh, mental health and programming, Start starting to do the reprogramming phase and, and getting back on track? Yeah, 100%. So greggillies.com is my website. And on the homepage, it just talks about who, hey, Greg, I, who my target market is. Greg, don't mean to cut you off, but you might want to spell that out. So, because I know oh, you are, yeah, no problem. D R E G G I L L I E S dot com, com. So, I just I talk about the, the target market that I serve. And I've also got a five minute video on there that talks about my story. And I'm quite vulnerable and I, and I open up. And I do that to give other men permission to just go, whoa, I can relate to that guy. I have worked my butt off to become successful all my life. And here he's telling his worst of worst stories. So most of my clients come to me because they just relate. Um, and then you can carry on through my website and there's a training video which will talk about our program. And as I said, there's two coaches in our business. So we work on a client's mind, body and soul. So my wife has amazing gifts to help people heal their bodies. And just like our bodies get tired, our soul gets tired. We can actually get negative energy attaching to us at a soul level. Um, and that needs to be cleared just like the negative energy in our minds. So it's That's pretty deep. deep. It's really deep. But you'll see the video testimonials on my website. I've had guys coming to me at breaking point four months later, completely different people completely transformed every area of their life because we have cleared all the negative stuff that is in their unconscious mind. We've gotten them out of deep survival stress and we've, and Tracy has balanced all of their glands and organs so that their body is functioning correctly. And she's cleared away all the negative um, energy that's attached to their soul level. And when your mind, body and soul is aligned, that is when you connect with your higher self. This is when you actually start raising your energetic vibration and attracting amazing things. That is, that is what manifestation is. Manifestation is matching your energy vibration to what it is that you want. Now, when you're stuck and you're depressed and you're in shame, that is the lowest energy vibration that you can be in and you're going to keep attracting shit to you. I'm sorry, but it's the truth. So you if were, you get you help, 
I'm sorry. You you were saying you can do this all online as well, right? Like a person doesn't yeah, have to so, visit you in person. So I work with my clients. So we've got clients all over the world. So I work with my clients via Zoom and and I take them through really, really deep matrix therapy clearing sessions in the privacy of their own home because it can be very vulnerable, right. um, very emotional. And I help them clear all this stuff. Now, Tracy, Tracy has done so much energy work that she can actually work in somebody's energy through surrogacy. Now, a lot of people can't logically get their head around that, which is why we always have a conversation so that I can explain how she does it. Mm-hmm. And she can see in the videos, the guys that have just gone, I just need to trust in this process and they've come out the other side and their life is transformed. Um, we are also about to launch in a week's time a Facebook group where we just want to give so much free value away, videos, information, get people on um, interviews and just live videos and stuff so that we can educate people on how to help themselves. And that is called Holistic Entrepreneurs and it will be launching in a week. And then I'm really active on LinkedIn and Facebook. Right. I- and I, and I know that your Facebook and stuff is also linked and your LinkedIn is loc is located on your profile. So if people want to follow you, they, um, I know you have a calendar link to, to where you can see availabilities, um, yep. for, so for the guy that that's doesn't make too much money now, Greg, right. Um, are there affordable, is, is this a, an affordable action for them or is it like you guys make type of like payment arrangements? How does that work? Yeah, so for the right clients that come into our program and see the value and want to do it, 90% of our clients are on a payment plan. And and I and I do that on purpose is because they need to trust in what we have told them because there is nothing else like this in the marketplace. The stuff that Tracy does is next level. Um, so they need to trust in the process. So I, I yeah, typically I would never ask for the full payment up front. So I just work out, I, I work that out with the clients, right? I'm I'm not doing I'm not doing this to become wealthy. Obviously, we make good money doing what we're doing, but it's coming from a higher place. It's coming from a place of service. It's coming from a place of every man that I help transform their life will impact the people around them, their wife, their kids, their family. And this is what we need. We need this ripple effect to start happening. So I'm creating a group program in the new year. Um, but it will be in person, so it'll be in Australia. But um, good exchange rate for Americans to come to Australia. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I also, yes. I also want to capitalize on your blog that you have as well. You have a blog that's connected to uh, your website, which I kind of checked it out. And uh, your story and vision for men was really, really, uh, you know, I, I, I really saw some good points in there. Also the. Uh, even the seven mindset principles of success was really good. I, I, I like that read. Um, yeah. So I encourage everyone to uh, check that out, check out his blog, check out the Facebook, the LinkedIn, um, look at something if you need to, you know, if you need and you're interested in doing any type of this uh, healing process, please reach out to Greg. He, he is uh, ready and willing to help everybody that he can. Um, I know that we're running short on time here, Greg. So I wanted to ask, uh, is there any, uh, any things, last minute plugs that you want to put out for our listeners or, or any last minute advice before we have to let you go here? 
Yeah, I just, I just, I just want everybody who's listening to this, who is struggling, who has got a lot of mental health issues at the moment, a lot of anxiety, panic attacks, stress. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, a lot of people in this world are facing mental health issues, whether you can see it in them or not. There's nothing wrong with you, and your first step is to go and seek help because there is a lot of people who are out there to help you. It doesn't have to be me. It could be anything. But your first step is just put your hand up, be vulnerable, and just seek help and get the right help. Awesome. Awesome. And is there any other organizations you'd like to to talk about or just kind of briefly put out there? Yeah, well, there's a lot of organizations in Australia. I'm not familiar with with what's in the US. Um, I'm sure I'm sure yourselves promote a lot of those organizations to your community. But you only you only need to jump on Google and do a quick search um, for trauma group, counseling, therapy, and just identify what's right for you. Be very specific around what you think you need. Um, but yeah, there's there is a massive shift globally in people needing to become conscious and consciousness and awakening. And the ones that will fight it and struggle, um, I'm sorry to say, but it's going to continue to put more pressure on you um, because there is answers and healing in the pain. And as scary and as vulnerable as it is to step into the pain, when you do and when you deal with what's causing you the pain, there's growth and there's change on the other side. So don't be scared of it. Step into it. Get the right help. Because when you start to confront it and deal with it and overcome it, that's when your life is going to start to change. Amazing stuff, Greg. Good, good stuff. Well, we're happy to have you on the show. There was You put out some good points, some good resources. Um, you shared your story. It's it's some awesome, amazing stuff. We're we're very glad the listeners are gonna be able to hear this and know that they they have something to look forward to in life. They're not always gonna be down, but like you said, every day is gonna be a struggle. But you have to find the willpower inside you to get through it because life yeah. ain't easy. You know what? Every single human being on this planet has gifts. We've just all had a different journey, and some people are struggling more than others. But there is a reason why you're on this planet. There is a reason why you're actually a human being, okay? Get the right help and just start going on a new journey, new journey of self-healing, self-discovery, find out who you truly are, disconnect from the social media and all of the stuff that's giving you anxiety and just go inward and find out who you are and start the journey. All right, Greg. It was Thank good you, Greg. you on the show. Appreciate it, Thanks, man. guys. Really appreciate it. Chat again soon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All righty. Thank you.